we'll talk about the words Moshe a little bit. Uh, in this parasha, we have that Aaron and Miriam spoke about Moshe Beno, and the title of them was that they, they equated Moshe Beno to other Nevi'im. And Bershom responded by saying that that's uh, incorrect, and that it was considered Lashon Hara because they should have spoken Moshe Beno first before discussing it amongst themselves. Even they should have tried to clarify what they, why he did what he did, etc. Um, but the passage makes a very strong stress of that Moshe Beno's in many ways is is different and unique. So Rambam takes this and makes this into one of the, his Yudgimel Ikrim. Which, which we've elevated, elevated to besides it's, um, it's part of what we believe, part of the Torah, but it's, 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 a, it's a primary part of the beliefs of the, the Torah. And the Chaim Brisker says that the, defini- what the definition of what makes something an ikr, in the Yudgim al-Ikrim, is something that without it, our amuna would not be able to stand. So if I did not see Moshe Benu's Nebuah as being unique, so then our, the, our moon and the Torah would not be able to stand, means that some other nobody could come and abrogate it, so the foundation of our moon and the Torah would, 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 would fall apart. Okay, but the Ramam seems to add some interesting things over here. So let's see, this is the language of the Ramam. The, the, Ramam, the, the, the place where the Ramam really uh, develops his idea of the Yudgim is his introduction to the last parak of Sanhedrin, parak which the Mishnah talks about and these who don't have a the people have different reasons why they lose their portion of the world to come. And one of them is based on the uh, inappropriate beliefs. So there the Ramah says, okay, well, let's talk about Yud Gimel That's what the Ramah says. It. So here, Yisod Shvi is the Nebuz Moshe Rabbeinu the, the seventh Yisod is that we have to believe about Nebuz Moshe Rabbeinu Hushanam and Kihu Eviyam Shekol and Eviyam Moshe Rabbeinu is the, is the father of all Nevi'im. Mishra HaYulafon of Mishra Komo Achra, those before him, the Ovis, Rami Tzaviyakov, and Adam, Noyach, these people who were all were Nevi'im. Moshe Rabbeinu is an, is an Av to them. Mishra Komo Achra, all the Nevi'im, which are going to come after Moshe Rabbeinu as well. Kulam Meheim Tachta B'Malu, they all are beneath Moshe in their Madrega of, of Nevuah. Okay, so so far so good. Now the Rambam adds some, another hold on the layer over here. He was the the most perfect specimen of all of mankind. So that he reached a, a level of understanding of Hashem Baruch which no other human being before or afterwards will ever reach. Um, he went up in Madrega to the point he came more like a mouth than a man. Um, he reached the level of, of angels. There was no barrier which he did not pull, pull apart and pass through. He had no physical impediments which prevented him from understanding something. When he he had no elements of, of lacking at any level. What? Says Moshe had difficulty understanding certain. Uh, okay, it's a fair question. He became basically 
a, a, a the Raman's usage, the world dimming is the but the body is creating a, a misunderstandings, and seichel is the the pure concept of seichel of understanding something. Mashabeno reached a madrega. That's what the Chazal say that Mashabeno spoke to Kodesh straight. He did not need a malach to give him the nevuah. Okay, so that's the Ram. So Ram over here adds above and beyond the understanding that Mashabeno's nevuah was of the highest level, um, but the Mashabeno himself, as a person, was of the highest level. The question is, why is that a nicker? Why is it so important that I should know that? Right, so let's say I, we come along and say, you know, I believe that Avraham Avinu was a higher level of a human being than Moshe Rabbeinu. But I agree that Moshe Rabbeinu's level was higher than, than Avraham's. So therefore, you can't ever get the Torah because the highest level was Moshe. No, I'm going to be cursed and the Torah will because I didn't believe in Moshe Rabbeinu being unique and special. That's what I'm going to say. Shalos, why is that? Now, that's an Iker, part of the Iker foundation of the Torah is this belief in about Moshe Rabbeinu's unique stature as a, as a human being. Okay, then the Raman then goes through and says the four points of how he sees Moshe Rabbeinu's what was being unique, different than all of the other Nevi'im. So the first one he says that Bershom not speak to him through an emsoi, through any any type of intermediary, where but rather it was all pal Bershom spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu directly. Okay, and you know, Shani, uh, every Nabi, the Wu would come, and he was in a state where his body was not fully um, aware. The body could not he could not, the, the physical reality of his body would prevent him from receive, receiving the level of the vua when the, when the body's kachas were awake. The person had to go into a state of sleep. Moshe Rabbeinu was not like that. Um, the, um, the, the, you know, Shlishi is that when the, the vua would come, it would, it would create a tremendous reaction in the, in the person. If all of his bodily functions would weaken. Um, he would uh, have, have a tremendous tr- tremendous fear, and he almost would die from the experience. And he brings, so can we talk about that, that type of, that, that support that? Moshe Rabbeinu, just like they having a conversation without, he wasn't overwhelmed by it. Um, and the review was that all of them could not get the when they wanted, it was up to Moshe Rabbeinu to decide when to give them or not, whereas Moshe Rabbeinu could basically, um, when he, Cholesh he could say, I want to speak to Hashem, Hashem would speak to him. So that's the four elements of the Ramah sees as Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebuah, which is unique. Okay. So that's the Rambam. Um, let's see, we'll do this right. Oops. I did um, So... The first piece over here, he quotes the Rambam. Um, and this is the language of the, the, we, saw the, we saw the language of the Rambam in his introduction to, in the Pirish of Mishnayis, in the introduction to the chapter of Herkachelik in Sanhedrin. The Rambam in Yisraeli Torah goes through this again and talks about the four elements over here. Uh, so we saw that already. Fine. Now, the next piece is, is from the Rambam. So the, the Ram, in his Sefer Drushas Ram, has um, actually has two drushas which touch on the, the elements of Nebus Moshe and how Nebus Moshe was, was significant and unique. Um, um,
Now, so the Ran grapples with the following question. Omnum of our Kanshe Lachas, I have a question. So, Aaron, Moshe Ben was pure Shemanisha. Good. Right? Aaron and Miriam were not, did not separate from their spouses. And they were bothered by the fact that Moshe ben, who, as it were, in their mind, seemed to think that he was of a state of being that he had needed to separate from his wife when they, as the VM, knew that that's not true. So what's the answer? That Moshe Beno gets the woo at any moment, and therefore he cannot be with his wife because he needs to be able to be available at any moment, whereas all of the VM don't have that reality that they get in the woo at any moment, and therefore they could live a regular, regular life, and then at the appropriate times they will be able to be available for the That's the answer. So instead we get this Russia says in the Russia is different, it's so we give this whole Russia, you know, like the Russia gives this whole big answer. Just as simply, he gets the Wubukhalais, and they don't get the Wubukhalais, and the end the conversation. Like, why are we getting so dramatic? And the Psukim make it much more dramatic than that. That's his question. Did the Nabiim know when they would get the Nabuah? Was it like scheduled or it wasn't scheduled. But there were elements of a, they had to prepare themselves for it. They were not always in a state of full preparation. They had to prepare themselves for it. And whenever they were not, were not prepared for it, they wouldn't get. Um, so um, that's one element which seems to be the defining element. And when they were not ready, the person wouldn't give it to them. So if they were, not, if they were Tome, they wouldn't get it. Okay. One of the points where Ramana says is this constant state of readiness or not. That explains why Moshe Ben had to be parshment That's what the person should say. Right? You want to explain why that which you questioned Mr. Beno about was correct. What he did was not incorrect like you thought but correct. It's because of the X. Yes, there are, there are unique elements of Mr. Beno's Nabuah, but, but they're not answering the question. So why was it important to answer to them all of these other elements? That's his question. Um, um, okay, so Chuba is There's two ways of knowing something. And they got it in the better way of knowing something. Um, knowing a fact and knowing why are two different, two different levels of experiencing knowledge. Giving you facts is nowhere near as um, clear of understanding 
and having the knowledge truly as when you understand why. So then he's going to explain. So the the three other elements about Moshe Rabbeinu's unique nevuah all explain why, after that's true, the Moshe Rabbeinu was, was able to have nevuah b'cholais, and other men were not able to. That's that's what it, that's what his thought process is. So after, if the goal is that they should understand, he was first Misha because he needs to be available for nevuah b'cholais. The reason why he was available for nevuah b'cholais is because he had these other elements in his nevuah. And that is why he was the available to that, that's, that's, that's his bottom line answer. And then he, he's going to flesh that out, why that's so. So I just want to go off onto the, the uh, tangent, tangential issue on this, this idea a little bit. Um, I think I told you the story with, with, the, um, with the Rashiva and his Rebbe, the Rashiva, the Grai, the Grai, Rami Tzabloch, about uh, reading the... the uh, the book about physics, the physics book. Did I hear that story? Okay. Result? What? Theory result? Physics? No, it's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> so she told us a story like this. Uh, once it's a, w- w- once, if you remember the story, stop me. Um, that there was a priest in Tells, Lithuania, who had been in America for a period of time in Chicago. He had a parish in Chicago and he learned English. And then he went back to Lithuania and he was afraid about losing his command of the English language because you don't use it, you forget it. So he wanted to practice, but most people in, Lith- in Tells, the city of Telsai, Lithuania, did not speak English except for the four or five American Bukhrim and that was it. So lunchtime, as the Rashiva said, they used to, they used to, they used to a lot of times, would go for walks together and they would talk a learning, etc. But they would go for a walk just to get out and get air and you know exercise, etc. So the priest hopped that the, the, the Bachram were going for walks. So he used to like sort of wait in ambush to catch the American Bachram and shoes them in English a little bit. So she would develop their relationship a little bit with this Galach. So he borrowed a physics book from the Galach. And he was reading it. So a little while later he was walking with his Rosh Hashiva and he mentioned that he borrowed this physics book from the Galach and he was reading it. And so the Rosh asked him, or Gifter, like his Rosh the, the, the Grai, I mean, it's a block. Asked the gifter, like, "What are you reading about?" So he's reading. About, he's reading about gravity. You know, the section about gravity. So, you heard the story before. Okay. Robert Bloch learned in Tells in Lithuania. Rigifter learned. Rigifter learned in. Rigifter learned in Tells from 1933 to 1938. In Lithuania. Lithuania. But he was born in America. He was born in America. And he Portsmouth. Went, he was born in Portsmouth, Virginia. He moved at a young age to the city of Baltimore, and then he eventually he went off, I'm going to say at the age of 15, he went off to, to the Shiva Ritzel Chochonen, which is now known as Wayub. In those days, there was no, it wasn't Shiva, it was just Ritzel Chochonen. Um, and he learned there for three years under Mersha Shalavechik, who was the Rosh Shalavechik's father. And uh, he was the brother of the Brisker, of the son of Reb Chaim Brisker. After three years, he left. He went to learn in Europe for five years. 
So he was in, so he was in Europe from the years of 33 to 38. Um, he was 18 years old when he went, and he was 23 when he came back. So during those five years that he was there, he didn't come home. He was there for five years straight. So, see, he was, his Rosh Hashiva, Rebel Meir Bloch, was the youngest brother. The, the older brother was Rav Mitzvah Bloch, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Tells in, in Europe. That was Rav Rosh Hashiva. So the, the, the Rav Mitzvah Bloch asked Rav Gifter, what's he reading about? He's reading about gravity. Good. So Rav Mitzvah Bloch said to him, he says, imagine Einstein had sat there and contemplated the fact that apples fall. And he said the first law of physics is that apples fall. That'd be a true statement. Right? Apples fall. Never say apples fly upwards, right? But they wouldn't have made them into the history books. Right? Why do you make them the history books? Because he was able to isolate why apples fall. And there must be a force called gravity. And it's and it's, it's it, and the, the logic is that two bodies pull towards each other. And that once that's true, so I can then apply it to the motion of the, of the planets. And I can theorize, if, there, if I see that one of the planets is moving in an erratic fashion, there must be that there's another body which is exerting an influence. It must be, we can predict Neptune, and we can figure out where it's supposed to be, and then we can look for it and find it, right? So by understanding why something is true, you have a much different understanding than just knowing what. So there was, then the, then the Ramitsubha said to Gifter, says, imagine a person learns Yeradeya. Right? And he memorizes every single law on Yeradeya. Right? So let's say he knows 10, let's say we'll say he knows, he knows 100,000 laws. So he's a, he can put a pass in Shiloh. He says, no, he can't, because there's a million possible cases. But if he understands why, he can pass in you know, millions of cases, right? Because he understands why. So the goal of learning is not just to understand what, it's to understand why that, that what is true. So that, that was the point that the Romans of Bloch was using this, the, the story to bring out. So the point of, that the Ron is saying is that understanding the why is a whole different experience than understanding the, 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 the what. So he says, okay, so what's the connection? Um, and then he starts talking about uh, that Navua is a process of... Where is it? Right. Nebu is the process of interacting in, with the, the world of, of the mind, of the seichel, and the body in general is going to be some type of limitation to that. So for that, to be able to have a novi which is going to be able to connect to this concept with the limitation of the body, so he's going to need a vehicle to allow him to do that. He's going to need the malach in between. He's going to um, the uh, like, like he, all of the elements which you said before, that um, the body would, be, would he would be array and, and nibble and mismargeg, it would fall apart, and um, right, um, and Rabbeinu was awake and they were asleep, right? All of those are indications that, that these individuals' bodies function as an impediment to the nivul. Whereas Rabbeinu was able to be awake. He did not a a b. He did not the body the bodily functions did not start to fall apart due to the, the, the that and he did not need a maluch indicated that his body was of a, a level of purity that the body did not act as any type of impediment to receiving the nevuah and therefore the fact that he was able to get the nevuah was just a simple because there was no, there was the body wasn't a steerer 
Whereas the average individual, the body acts as some type of a steerer to the Navua. So therefore, we, we, his times of being available for the vua were limited when the moments when he could get the body to be a, move his body up to a high level of purity because the body is intrinsically for him a problem. Whereas Moshe Rabbeinu, the body was not a problem at all. So he was always available for the vua because his body was on such a level. So mainly you understand why Prisha from Anisha made such a logical sense of Moshe Rabbeinu. It wasn't just because he was available, because that, that all that gives you a picture of understanding how much Reynolds' bodily function was different than everybody else's. So it needed, for him, Prishamanisha was the more logical next step. That's how he understands the piece. I'm going to let the whole thing inside. But, so it comes out, we have really have a clue to what, what the Raman was saying. When the Raman saw understanding Moshe Rabbeinu as a unique individual, as a, as a person being a unique individual is a, a intrinsic part of our belief in, in his unique nevuah. Because the point of the run is that an individual whose body is not per- perfect and is not uh, reached, the high, will by definition not have these elements of such a nevuah. Uh, so whereas a person who does you know, I, I can't I cannot say in, in, the, in the same breath well he has this unique the word but his body is like everybody else's that's not true because that, that that cannot exist I'm, I'm, this the flip side the, the second the, the second side of the coin of saying his the is a b c d means his body is x y z you cannot uh, so if I don't believe that his body was unique it means I'm not believe, really believing that his, his the was unique that's what that's really going to come out of what, what, what the Ron is saying. Uh, okay. Was Moshe Rabbeinu, um, did he have, I guess, that level of goof that he had, was that even before he was perished from his wife? Procedurally, Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah, some of the Risharnam assume that it really, it really took two stages. When Moshe Rabbeinu was being a Navi in Yitzrayim, his Nebuah was along the lines of regular Nebuah of other, other Nebuah. As Moshe Rabbeinu was moved to become the, the Navi, which is going to be the vehicle to give Torah, his, his Madrega of Nebuah was, was, was upgraded. And the Haftacha, which means that the Moshe Rabbeinu, as it were, is purified to the point, the, the Moshe Chachma says that when you say which is in Parshat Yisrael, um, how is that possible? He has Bechira. So how can we... You know, every human being has Bechira, so Moshe can go off the Derech also. Right? So how can Roshan promise Gamachayim Elohim? He says, the answer is that Moshe lost Bechira. Which means, uh, and the Master Chavah says that now doesn't mean he still had the Bechira of Aichet Meimariva, he, he still had the Bechira of Chet over there. But there was a Madriga which he could not go beneath. Whereas any human being, you know, the biggest, greatest person in the world can, can do an Aveira and go all the way down. Mashabeno couldn't. At that moment, the Begamech Ayyimino Lo'elam, and the Bershon told El of Kaisel, go back to your tents, you stay with me. At that point, Mashabeno was put into another state of existence. Um, the Rama has interesting Lashon, the Rambam has interesting Lashon in the beginning of Hilchus of Vodis 
so the Ramam gives a history of mankind, of mankind's grappling with the relationship between man and God. In the first parak of of of, of, parak of and at the, at the at the end, he talks about, you know, Bereshit created Adam, Adam knew Kadosh Baruch Hu. Then eventually, the Anish started doing Avodah Zarah. The, the whole generation eventually accepted such a concept that the Avraham Avinu said that that was not correct. And he goes through all the different steps. At the end, he says, as, as part of the promise to fulfill that which he promised, it's a part of the Russians' efforts to fulfill the promise they gave to Avraham Avinu. Awesome, awesome, Moshe He made Moshe and he sent him. So he made Moshe. Means he made Moshe as a unique individual. Moshe was was put intrinsically in his DNA a, a, a makeup which would allow him to become this individual. He didn't have to. He didn't have to do that. He saw Bechir up to that point, but he was given a set of tools and potential. Which allowed him to be that way beyond where somebody else is going to reach. So the, the, the Ramam uh, sees Moshe Rabbeinu as the special Asiya because had to make him special and send them as a shliach to take guys out of Mitzrayim and give the Torah attention. That's what the Ramam says. Fascinating lesson of the Ramam. Okay. Um, for the sake of brevity, I'm not going to read this inside. Um, so this is a piece from Moshe Shapiro Zichlubrocho. Uh, he has a sefer on the Yudgim Alikrim, and he talks about the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu was the Aviyim Shalkon of Lush, the Ramah's Lush, he was the Avi of all of the Naviyim. I mean, that's interesting Lush. What you want to say really is Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebuah was beyond everybody else's Nebuah. It was unique Nebuah. So therefore, if the goal over here is understand, if the goal over here is understand solely that the Torah cannot be abrogated, because it doesn't make any sense you can abrogate something if the person who, who was the vehicle of giving Torah was on a level beyond any other person ever reach. So of course nobody can abrogate it. So this, the, the immutability of the Torah and the, eternity, the, the, the eternal element of existence of the Torah is based on that. So you don't have to call him the father of all of the Nevi'im. He was the greatest of all of the Nevi'im. Right? What, what's the language of Ovi? He is the father of all the Nevi'im. The Ram uses that Lashon in, in the Yisrael and he also uses some similar Lashon in... Um, in the um, in the Yisraeli Torah also, so he suggests the following. He builds this idea that what was the purpose of the Vua? beyond the Nevuah of, of, of Moshe Rabbeinu? What's the purpose of the Vua? Now the Vua was not to give Torah because the Allah has, the, all of them they are not allowed to give Torah. Right? The Nabi, the Morris says in Megillah that the Nabi is not allowed, to, is not permitted to mechadish anything new. Anything which the Nabi is telling us. Which is a new a, a new gilly of Torah. The Gemara says it really was it was halacha Moshe Sinai. The Novi mentions it, so now we know where we became aware that there was such a halacha Moshe Sinai. But they cannot be mechadas anything new, so they're not here for Torah purposes. So what's the Novi's purpose? So there's a Gemara, which is Muram, is it? The Gemara says that there was there was many many neviim. The nevuah which we have, which is recorded, there is the Gemara says there are, there are the, the the record is of the seven nevios. And forty-eight neviim, and none of them had the impact of Kankal Yisrael of doing tshuva like the Saras Tabas. When the, when Cheshverish gave the signet ring to Haman, he did a much better job of making Kankal <laughs> do tshuva than all of the, all the neviim and neviims. So he says what what the war is really saying 
under the surface, the more is saying that the purpose of the Nevi'im is that we should do tshuva. And, but they were not as effective as we like them to be. So, so the purpose of the Novi is to do tshuva and to give techocha. So if you think about both of those ideas, techocha and tshuva, techocha really is really the concept of proof. To prove something. So the concept of I give a person, to, when I rebuke somebody, what I'm saying is, well, you know, this is what's expected of you. This is what you're doing, which is incorrect, and you need to change. Right? The word tshuva means let's go back to... But both of them start with there's, there, there's, there's, a, there's a given which I need to measure you against. And you have to go back to that and you, I, can, I can point out to you how you're not meet, meeting up to that measure. But if there's no measure, you can't discuss tukhaka or tshuva. There's no foundation to start with. You can't discuss... I, I, I can't discuss a rebuke which means I'm going to prove to you I'm going to... Re, reprove you, right? There's even said such a word, right? Which means to give the person muster. Well, what, its point is, hey, this is what is expected of you, and you're not living up to that. Well, why is it expected of me? Who said? So there has to be a Torah as the vehicle for giving me a definition of what is expected of me, which is a hurrah, it's a directive of right and wrong, and then I can discuss, well, by, by the way, you know, you're not living up to the directive of the Hayra, the Torah. But do tshuva back to the directive of the Torah. So the, the Ramah says that, that Moshe Beno, by definition, is the Av, he's the, he's the source of all of the Nebuah, in the sense without, without, if the purpose of the Nebuah is to give Klai Yisrael the understanding of the, what, they're, what they're supposed to be doing, in the sense of not telling, telling them what to do, but making sure that they're doing it, that's impossible until you have Torah, which tells you uh, what that is. So Mashrena ends up being the Av of all of the Nevi'im. That's the point that he said. It's a very beautiful thought. He says, I, there are Nevu'as which talk about the beautiful future of Klai Yisrael. They don't tell you the Toma and rebuke, etc. We find such Nevu'as. He says, even those Nevu'as um, um Um, let me just read that line over here. So the goal is to make sure means even Yeshaya, which uh, which you know had tremendous beautiful from the woods of Gula, his purpose really was Shuva. He brings the Gemara over there in Megillah. Um, then he says, um, Now that post of Krabagal is talking about the Nabu of the Gula. And the Ram brings that as a source that the Shai was Hakiach Yisrael. Right? So it means that that Yeshaya's message of um, was a message of Yeshaya's message was a message of Geula in the context of this is what you're supposed to be. And yes, you will get there. So let's, you know, 
let's do it. Right? But that, that, that was Yeshaya's function. Um, so that, that, by definition, needs to have a, a foundation to it, and that's the point they said over here. Okay. That's that. No, I'll, I'll just, it's getting late over here. I just want to put this piece from, this piece from um, Revolve a little bit. So Ali Shur comes from a different angle, totally. He talks about the, discussing the unique stature of Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, um, then the day Moshe Rabbeinu was a human being who made tremendous efforts and brought himself to this Madrega. Yes, he was blessed with unique abilities, but it was still a human being with Bechira, reaching Madregas, which a human being was reached. So I'm not going to go through the... the but the fact that Ramam makes a stress that we have to see Moshe Rabbeinu as a unique individual. Right? And the Madrashim would talk about the Madrega of, of, of Kedusha and accomplishment that Moshe Rabbeinu accomplished, etc. What's the message to us? Right? So we have two choices. I look at the message. The message is, you know, there was this wonderful guy named Moshe Rabbeinu, and wow, he's so great, you know. Right? It's not with me. Or that's a message to me as a human being that maybe I'm underestimating my abilities. Human beings can reach quite high levels. So part of the challenge which we have in the world was not so much the diminishing of, of, of God, but the diminishing of man. And if that's probably true once upon a time, it's even much, much more true nowadays. Right? And he develops this idea earlier that he bases up Sukkim and Yeshaya, uh, um, based on Sukkim and Yeshaya, I think it is. Which Sukkim talk about the idea of that man has been diminished. And even more so, when we're talking about Mashiach, also when we're talking about Mashiach, talks about believing in Mashiach, Mashiach was a unique individual. Not just enough that he's going to bring Bigal Klai Yisrael and bring Klai Yisrael and rebuild the Basimik to the Chacha, but we have to leave the Mashiach as a unique individual. Why is that? Because if the purpose of Geula is not just to, really, to reestablish our relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu, but let us be, uh, become the human beings we're supposed to become and then have the relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu. So if I want to get that message across to you that, that that's possible, if I want to, if I want to make a yeshiva and, and produce tremendous young men, so I'm going to do two things. I'm going to create a program which I believe will, uh, the rules and the the, the 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 seder and everything like that, which I believe will produce special people, and I'm going to get role models for them to look at and to see that you can accomplish that. That's Mashiach. That's other. That's that's I think the understanding of Mashiach. Mashiach is not just, he's going to come and do all these different things, and we'll now have this wonderful, wonderful reality. He's going to show you that, it could, that you could do that. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, the global saying, Moshe Rabbeinu was part of Moshe Rabbeinu's function to Klai Yisrael. About, you know, we, now we have a moon in Moshe Rabbeinu. What, what, how did Klai Yisrael in that generation see Moshe Rabbeinu? What did they see in Moshe Rabbeinu? Here's an individual who was, lived at the same time as them, right? Who could have lived in the lap of luxury and done whatever he wanted, and chose to become connected to his people, cared about them to the point of being moshe nefesh for that. 
he went out to, to live in some place. He became a king in the country. And again, instead of taking advantage of that, he made his focus to care of other people to the point that he became a tremendous onov. And he, right, look what the man accomplished. So you can do it too. And yes, I'm going to take you out of Mitzrayim and give you the Torah, and I'm going to, going to allow you to have this relationship with me, but, but I want you to understand, don't under, uh, underestimate what a human being can be. And I want you, you to be that human being as well. So therefore, you can have the relationship with me the same way he has a relationship with me, you can have a relationship with me as well. So th- that is Moshe Benu's function, Revolver looks at. So it's a fascinating uh, another element. Okay, that's the, those pages over there. It's worthwhile to... to uh... <coughs> okay, um, I just want to tell you very quickly a piece from the, the Merle Diskin. It's really on a different angle. Um, okay. Let's see how quickly we can say this. Um, then I'll, I'll leave other pieces. There's some morales over here. Passing pieces and such. Okay. Um, the more the more in, this, in the, the more and more Basra, at the end of the first parrot, the more it goes through more of the some of the locals of divisions between partners and between Yerushas, etc. So one thing that discusses divisions of, of, of a chotzer, discusses divisions, discusses the divisions of a person, two people, two father owns a Tanakh, and he dies, and now his two sons get the Yerusha of the Tanakh. So how do you divide a Tanakh? So what do you do over there? So in that, in that conversation of how would you divide Sifri Kurdish, it also discusses, let's talk about Tiffany Kurdish, and that's where the discussion of some of, many of the, uh, the, the understanding about Tiffany Kurdish is a discussion about Bas on the first parent. Right? Go figure. Go pick, you know, go guess where it's going to be discussed. So there, there the Morris says, that goes through the Chabdal Swarm, who wrote them? It tells us that, that Sefer uh, Shreftim was written by Shmuel Novi. Right? We didn't know that otherwise. We didn't know that Shmuel Novi was the one who at the end of the Kufa Shaftim, right, it ends with, with then it moves to, to Elia Kain, and then it moves to Shmuel as the first as the first Tkufa of Nevi'im. Shmuel was the one who wrote on Sefer Shaftim. So the Mor says that Mashrabana wrote three things. Mashrabana wrote Sifro, Taras Marsha. He wrote Eov, according to my opinion, Mashrabana was the one who wrote Eov, and he wrote something called Parsha's Bilam. So the obvious question is what's Parsha's Bilam? It's part of Sifro. The section of Bilam is part of Taras Marsha. So why is the more single that out? He wrote his book, Taras Moshe. He wrote Parshas Bilam, and he wrote Sefer Eir. So the Ritvah comes along and says, you know what, you're right, that's a good question. Parshas Bilam must be something else. It's not part of Tanakh. So that's very difficult to understand the Gemara. The Gemara says, this is, this is the, the Klolem about Tanakh, and this only thing, and it's mentioned something which is not part of the Tanakh, it's part of the Hagiographer, like, what well, doesn't make any sense. Okay, so that's one problem. Um, 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 so Rashi grapples with, the, with, with what exactly that means. Um, the Ritvah says it's referring to Parsha Cheres Ksuba, Misi Peribila, Medoichiku. The Morris not talking about Kisvei Kodesh right now. Okay, the Gimel he says they'll come to Moshe, but in Yerushalayim there is nobody like Moshe Rabbeinu. How in the world can you picture Bilam being something like Moshe Rabbeinu? How do we understand the words? Number four, what was Bilam's? Even having a, a, a possible thought of being able to call a Klaus when Bershom said he wants to move more Klaus. <coughs> what was his plan? And number five, what's Asmaklarya Meir? The more says that the difference in Mershom Benu's Nabu and other Nabu is that Mershom Benu's Nabu was Asmaklarya Meir. Everybody else's Nabu was not Asmaklarya Meir. Number six. What, what was that? 
asplachlarya hamira. What's that mean? A pure oh, lens. asplachlarya lens. Lens. Well, we have to say what it, what, how you translate it. The the, the 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 sixth question is: There's accounts of the laws that a novi when novi has a nevuah lara that nevuah can be retracted. Ah. Um, whereas a, a statement through the Urmatumim cannot be retracted. So what <coughs> the Urmatumim can be retracted and the Urmatumim can't be retracted. How would, how would you understand that? So he says, if you look at the Ramam, and we talk about Nebuah, the Ramam says that, Ramam says that all Nebuahs, except for Moshe Rabbeinu, all Nebuahs came through a vision. And the Nebuah would see this vision. And in Umiyad, Yechokik, Benavshay, Pisran, immediately he would, he would understand that his nefesh, what it means. So the nefesh of the Novi played a role. Now, the nefesh of the Novi was, was quite pure because he was a Novi, but it wasn't perfectly pure. It wasn't perfect. So he suggests the following, the pshat is that, you know, just like if you look through the world at, with rose-colored glasses, you see the world rose-colored, right? So, and you see the world, you look through the world with clear glasses, you see the world clearly. So each Novi saw the Navua through his neshama, the purity of the, of the neshama will affect what, what he's going to see. Now, Russia obviously took that, took that into consideration, right? But the Navi would see it through his own being. That's why the Morris says that no two Navim can ever use the same language. Because each Navi is going to see it uh-huh. in some way through his being. So it's going to be different. That's why he says it's possible that there's a concept of retracting because there is a human element in the Navuah. Urban Tumor works in a whole different process. Uh-huh. So this is, this is Bilam's Habamim. Bilam says... I know that's how Nabu works. Well, my Nabu, my Nishama is black. It's black. You can say the most wonderful Nabu, my Nishama comes out black. That was Bilam's plan. So, Bersh is going to give him the Nabu, good luck, so it goes to Bilam's Nishama, it's come out black. So, what did the Bersh do? The Bersh gave Bilam a Nabu, which was given not through the same vehicle, through his Nishama, it was given through him in a totally different way. So, so Bilam saw a Nebuah straight without any human input. There's only one of the Nebuah who saw a Nebuah straight without any human input. It's Moshe, because Moshe Ben was so pure, there was no, there was no human input. Ah. Bilam was, was so black that he had to be given a Nebuah in a different way, and that therefore had no human input. So in that sense, Bilam and Moshe are the same. They both have no human ah. input. <laughs> Moshe Ben because of his purity, and Bilam because he got a special, special Nebuah in order to prevent him from having human input. Because it would have been horrible if he had a human input. <laughs> So it comes out, Zatim uh, Diskin, that when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down every Nebuah in the Torah, uh, the Zabuah given to Avram Avinu, the Zabuah given to, to, to Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu was writing it. Moshe Rabbeinu saw in that Nebuah a purity of understanding which Avram himself didn't see. Uh, right? So it comes out when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Nebuah of Avram, he's not writing it as a secretary, as a scribe. He's uh, writing it as his under, level of understanding. There's only one part of the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu was just writing as a scribe. That's Parshas Bilam. Because it already was given with the full purity of understanding to Bilam. To because Bilam saw without any human input. He saw uh, with a pure, perfect view of it. Moshe Rabbeinu was just, quote, just writing down what Bilam saw. So that you cannot call that, that section of the Torah Sefer Torah's Moshe. That's his uh, Torah's Bilam. So Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Sifroi. And Parsha's Bilam. That's Pshat in the Gemara. That's good. Beautiful piece. You know, also, I mean, the moral discount is like, 
you know, just to put it together. So he says he wrote this as a. Um, That's right. They had a Siyam Ataro and Siyam Atafreshir Beis. And he said, Pshat Neskamor, as, as, you know, as, 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 as uh, uh, an honor of the Siyam of finishing Shas, etc. So he said this point of. Um, okay, we'll leave you with that.